Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 40 of the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror adjacent films that you can stream on the internet. I'm your host, Rachel, and joining me is a whiskey drinking Wendigo known only as Mars. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you? How is everything in the Pacific Northwest? It's good. It's going good. Yeah. So we're going to be reviewing the movie that has fully validated my hatred of camping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, now, this is a Mars pick called She Walks the Woods. So um, I don't have a warm up question this week. I have one. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. What? What animal would you least want to come across in the woods at night? Ooh, so many. A land shark? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a wendigo would be probably towards the top of the list, but like actual real animals, I would be terrified to run across a bear or a mountain lion would be the yeah. two scary ones. I Mine is skunk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, skunk, skunks are actually really cute, but... Oh, yes. They're also just... I mean, because the thing is, like, mo you know, I don't know. Bears and mountain lions and stuff, for the most part, don't really want to be around you. So that's why they say, like, if you think there's one around and make yourself big and loud, because mm -hmm. for the most part, they're going to be like, mm, not worth it. Not dealing with that. But things like skunks and badgers and stuff, like, they'll come for you. Mm. Coyotes. Yeah. I mean, if there's a pack of them, you're in big trouble. Although I'd be so... The problem is, is I, I would get killed by the coyotes because I the fear would not kick in. I'd be like, you're so cute! Like, that they would <laughs> I, they would be halfway eating me before I realized I was in danger. Yeah. My dad goes um, fishing in Alaska every year, and he's had some grizzly run-ins that Ooh. were pretty... Yeah. Yeah. Grizzlies he's are really like, aggressive. He's like, I'm walking by myself through the woods with a bunch of salmon on my back. This is probably not a great idea. Oh, yeah. No, he just... That's just wrapping food and food. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, grizzlies are aggressive. I wasn't thinking grizzlies. I was thinking, like, Pacific Northwest, where all we have are, like, black mm. bears, which are, like, Okay. Kinda... Yeah, I was thinking whatever it was that got Leonardo DiCaprio, that bear. Yeah, that's a grizzly. Yeah. That's what I would not want to run into. Have you heard and about then, how, because of global warming, polar bears are moving south and grizzly bears are moving north and they're interbreeding <gasps> and creating a super bear? What? Yeah, so it's this super bear that's, like, adapted to both climates and they're really, like, huge. And, they're, and they're neither really of them are nice. And they're really aggressive. Yeah. When I was growing up, um, you know, both of my parents worked for the Forest Service and my dad, he... He did a lot of different things for the Forest Service, but one summer he his job was basically going out to, like, logging trails and surveying. A guy on his team, it was a really bad drought that summer, and a guy on his team went out, and they used to just go by themselves because it wasn't, you know, like a big deal. They would just go out and survey and come back in, whatever. Mm -hmm. And the guy was out surveying, and he saw a mountain lion, and it was, like, slow approaching him. And so he did the, like, mm. back away to the, the jeep, you know, kept his eyes on it. Got to the jeep, turned around, and there were three more that had <gasps> circled behind him. What? The thing about mountain lions is they have huge territories and they're solitary. So they don't pack hunt and they don't no. share territory. But the drought was so bad that the mountain oh, lions had started hunting in packs. Oh my god. And they had started hunting people because <gasps> they'd already, you know, cleared out the deer for the most part. And, you know, mountain lions can only survive for so long on, like, rabbits and stuff. And so yeah. he had, like, four or five of them that had circled him and his jeep and were pack hunting him. Oh, fuck. And after that, they they passed regulation that everybody had to go out in, like, teams of two or three because, like, yeah. if something had happened to this dude, no one would have known for, no. like, a day at least, you Oh, know? my God. That's so scary. That's, like, yeah. yeah, when the mountain lions 
become velociraptors. Because they that were doing is... that tactic where the one was like, look at me, look at me, look at me, while his friends circled around to the sides and the back. Man, oh man, that's scary. Yeah. That is scary. <laughs> Excellent warm-up question. I like it a lot. <laughs> I forgot this was a warm-up question. I thought we were just talking about... No, I mean, lions. it's also nightmare f- uh, fuel. I'm definitely going to be dreaming about packs of... Although, oh, I just want to cuddle with them. I just feel like if a mountain lion would let me pet it, it would like it. Like, if it That's would just what really I let me get in there and work the ears and be like, yes, I don't want to eat you. You're amazing. Right? And you're like, I-, I can scratch that spot at the base of your tail. Right? Or like right behind your shoulder blades. You can't get back oh, there. Oh, yeah. I could get all up in there. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how I die. I know. <laughs> At least I went out doing the thing I love. (laughs) All right. So much less cute (laughs) would be the monster in the movie that we are going to be talking about today. So you picked this one. Tell me a little bit about how you found it and why you decided this was a good one for us. Um, I found it by chance on Amazon Prime. And it was on my list because it sounded interesting and because, like like I mentioned, being the, the daughter of two Forest Service workers, things about people disappearing in national parks is just very interesting to me. Because, you know, it was raised by people who spent their working lives in national parks. And then also, I like things about people who disappear. So, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Or I thought it was going to be interesting. I was interested in watching it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. There's a show called, like, Missing 911 or something like that that I think you'd probably really like. That's what it's about. Just people disappearing in the woods. And this is really creepy. I love this. Someone has taken a map of, like, all of the missing people and then put... Uh, compared it with a map of like, all the cave systems and there's a lot of crossover Ooh. so subterranean <laughs> cannibals are coming up and getting them or something full descent style before we get into the synopsis would you mind doing me a solid and giving our listeners a spoiler warning oh yeah yeah we're gonna spoil it all of it the whole all thing all of it beginning to end i'm probably gonna forget things because i generally do that's okay but I'm going to do my best to spoil the whole thing. All right. I like it. I like I like the spirit. The uh, goal setting. Yeah. <laughs> my goal is to ruin this movie for you if you haven't seen it. I mean, it's free on Amazon Prime, you know? Yeah. Pause it. Come see us in 81 minutes. We'll be here if you don't want it ruined. So this movie's from 2019, and it was directed by John Crockett and Brian McCauley. And was written by, amongst a few other people, Scotty Bonin and his twin brother, Danny Bonin, who are also the two main characters in this movie. It actually kickstarted this movie, and people may be familiar with them because they actually also have another horror podcast called The Cult Classic Horror Show, which I have not listened to, but it has good reviews, so it's probably pretty good. They've both done some things in film casting, film producing, but in the case of Scotty, this was his first acting gig uh, in film. I think he did some stage work and stuff like that, and Danny Bowen has done some acting. And they have a couple of other movies coming out soon, so if you liked this, there's more to come. So that's, that's just a little background on this movie. Cool. Tell me about this movie, Marzi. So this movie starts out uh, with some found footage from some hunters who are in the woods who are currently getting hunted. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's what happens. They get hunted. And that's that. Uh, did um, you have a... How are you feeling at this moment? I personally was in a little bit of like a uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Just- I mean, this... Okay, and this stays th- true for me through the whole movie, but the sounds she makes are 
are honestly chilling. Yeah. Um, uh, do you know agree, what a vixen agree. scream is? I mean, a vixen is a female fox, right? Yeah. But I so, don't. Yeah. They call it a vixen scream because they thought for a long time that only vixens made this sound. But it turns out, like, foxes in general will make the sound. It's just that primarily it's the vixens. Mm-hmm. But it is an honestly just terrifying sound. It sounds like a human person screaming. Ooh. It's so scary. You should YouTube it at some point in your life. I will. It's terrifying. But that's kind of what this reminded me of. And even when you are watching a video of a, of a fox making that sound, it's still like, what the fuck, demon? Really? Harming this fox because <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and it's not like a, this fox is in pain. I think it's more of like a mating call, I think mm. it might be. Or like... I don't know, but it's, so it's not like, oh, this fox is injured and making the sound. It's just a sound they make, but it is the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life. And it reminded me a lot of the sound that they had this, this creature make. And so in this first, you know, several minutes with these hunters or whatever, and we all know none of the hunters are making it out, right? But like it, it, and they all get, get taken kind of in the ways that you would expect, you know, where we don't see anything yet and they get swooped up into the trees and whatnot. But the sound, I really, it was a good introduction to the monster through just the sound. Yeah. I was a little nervous in this first scene, though, because I don't get motion sick in in found footage movies. But this opening scene did actually make me a little motion sick. And I was like, oh, I hope it's not all like this. Fortunately, I actually had that it's thought. Not. It's I not. had that thought where I was like, ooh, Rachel's going to get motion sick. I never do normally, <laughs> but this one, I, it, also the fact that there was no logic about camera, you know what I mean? It was yeah. almost like it was first person perspective versus found footage cameras. And I was just like, oh no, we in trouble. It gets, I feel like it improves from here, but this first little section made me very, very nervous. <laughs> yeah. And I I maintain that the the found footage angles do improve through the movie i yes. have a few qualms with it that i'll get to okay but for, i think for the most part because mm-hmm. you know me we've talked about found footage foot, uh movies before and how important to to me and and i only say to me because it doesn't happen in every found footage movie but you have to have the reason why the cameras are on the reason yeah. why you keep the cameras on and yeah. how you get the footage in the end right yeah and so i thought that this one did rationalize keeping the cameras on Mm-hmm. And I and having them on in the first place, and I honestly was worried that we weren't going to have a reason why we are seeing this now, yeah. which it does resolve, I think, in a really cool way, actually, in the yeah. end. But yeah. mm-hmm. um, I think for the most part, they handled it really well, better than some found footage movies I've seen, yeah. for sure. Yeah, like the, the, the technology the... actually has a purpose. Yeah. Where and... it actually, you know, because like, a lot of times people are like, put down the camera and run, dumbass. But no, like in this, they actually find an explanation where it is, but, like, a, it increases their survival chances to have the camera up. Yeah. And they never once give the stupid, the people need to see this. Oh, I hate thank that. God. Yes. Another trope that, well, here we go. Put it on the scoreboard. Another trope that must die. Is the people need to see this as your reason for keeping your found footage camera on. 100%. We should really be keeping track of all these these tropes that we're killing on oh the show. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. We need to... I mean, I, I bring it up, and I'm so upset about it, even though it never occurs in this movie. But, you know, it's just like... Ooh, it's just... Yeah. Ooh, it's a rough one. It's a rough one. I'm glad that we're... I'm glad that we've officially killed it, so, like, we'll never have to deal with it again. <laughs> yeah, right? It's done. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. We say it, and it happens. Perfect. 
So after the hunters all get taken, we meet our main characters. We meet the three dudes first, starting with B-Rad, who I <gasps> instantly hated. <laughs> I texted you immediately. I was like, I mean, I was two minutes into the movie and I was like, B-Rad, B-sucks. <laughs> I just... And you were like, I know! <laughs> and like, I kind of get it. And this yeah. was something that I did appreciate is that they didn't make all three of the dudes the same dude, right? They had... Brad, who's kind of that bro, trap bro, let me whip mm. out my dick real quick, or at least pretend like I'm going to. And mm. then he has his brother, Mike, who's like kind of some degrees like that, but not fully. Mm-hmm. And then we have Dennis, who's just kind of, he's like, he seems like he genuinely likes his friends, but he's mostly embarrassed by Brad's behavior yeah. a lot of the time. It's, it, they're shades of douche, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It, it was nice that it wasn't three awful dudes. Yeah. You know, it was a mixture because if it had been three awful dudes, I don't know if I could have. <laughs> if they were all Brad level, yeah, it would have been too much. I would yeah. argue they are all three awful dudes, but we'll get into that later. But yeah, at least for this first act, it's not quite so intense. Y- yeah. So <laughs> it opens with a lot of, we find out that Mike and Brad, who are brothers, host a, a like a webisode survival show mm-hmm. and they're prepping to go out into the woods where they're meeting up with dennis's friend from college a woman named hope whose family has a cabin out in the woods that's like completely off the grid and their plan is to go out there and spend like a week or whatever like hiking and snare trapping things and sh- shooting an episode of their web series and so a lot of this opening is just showing the dynamic between the three guys where brad just doesn't really want to do anything except for fuck around and he's just like really excited to bro out but the other two are like yeah we also have a job to do though man Mm -hmm. you could help pack the truck that would be neat yeah one of the guys is like very serious about this mike is very serious about the survival show and derek is just kind of like oh these guys he's just sort of tolerating them yeah and we also get more than we needed of Brad being like, so you'd hook up with Hope in college? Come on, man. You, we, 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 like the teasing. Tell me the horny details. Yeah. <laughs> Never uh, say those words again, world. <laughs> Never. There were, there were a couple points that they kept making throughout the movie that I was like, we only needed that once. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, for character purposes... I'm fine with having a one conversation of Brad teasing Dennis about Hope and being like, come on, man, you know, you hooked up with her, you know, I didn't need it four more times. No, no, sir. And I I also didn't need it fulfilled, to be honest. (laughs) No, no, we did not. But, you know, anyway, it does lend to set the scene on who these guys are, what their relationship is to each other and Mm -hmm. their general personalities and and as much as whenever I go into any of these movies, I'm always just like, go straight to the monster. But I get it. Like, you need to establish a sense of normalcy before you can get into the weird stuff. Otherwise, right. it's just like, why did we show up? You know, right. like, I get it. So it's stuff they want you, you to invest, through. right? They want you to be like, these are real people and look at their friendship. Let's care about them. So when they get killed, you care. We get a little bit of kind of explanation on their gear. And this is the first time we get mm. to hear about the camera that it has such a great ISO that it can see stuff in the dark that the human eye can't see. Did you hear? The human eye can't see it. Oh, but wait, they have a camera that can see stuff in the dark that the human eye can't see it. I was like, yeah. I got it! 
And here's the only reason why it truly bothered me was because they brought it up so many times and then it was never utilized. I am you know so I mean? glad that you said that because aside from that very, at the end, like I said, it does actually serve like a p- purpose for like having an excuse to have the camera up. Fine. They get full credit for that. But there are so many times where I'm like spending all of my energy trying to look at everything in the screen to see whatever the little hidden Easter egg is, and it never materializes. No, and then so they have. This I was whole like thing pausing where like, it multiple times, like there's gotta be some eye shine or something, right? Right. Nothing. Nothing. Or like suddenly a shape that was stationary that you assumed was a bush was gonna suddenly move, you know, or something, and nothing. And then there were so many times when they're running from it in the end, and they t- gave all this, they put all this weight on this camera that can see in the dark, and then we run through with black camera screens and it was like (laughs) are you kidding right now yeah yeah so you have one camera that can see more in the dark than the human eye and you left it at the tent um yeah i'm just i'm like glad that it's not just me i thought that was gonna be like one of my gripes and you were gonna be like yeah i don't really care about that i'd be like okay i'm just being a nitpicker so i'm glad to know that i'm not alone no i super (laughs) care about that anyway Anyway. we hear about this camera we're in the car they're gonna go pick up brooke or brooke that's not close to hope at all. Not, she looks like a brook to me. She, I don't know. You know what? Now that you say it, she totally looks like a brook. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, she, they're going to pick up hope. They give Dennis more shit about like, oh, you hooked up with her, didn't you? You can tell us, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, ugh. We do some stuff at a gas station. At one point, Dennis distracts Mike so that Brad can go buy a bottle of whiskey, which never they never anything. drink it and also there's no explanation of why he wouldn't be allowed to have alcohol yeah like i kind You're of assumed that camping. it was like mike didn't want brad to drink because he wanted him to take it seriously and get the work done and he didn't want him to just go out there and party which is what brad's tendency would is you know that's what i kind of thought it was going to turn into but it just never became a thing yeah i mean i, I would have liked to have seen a scene of them like bonding and drinking or something you know I'm guessing there must have been a scene cut, but, like, why leave those things in? Yeah. Just an odd Well, choice. I have my theory, but, again, I'll get to it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so they pick up Hope, who's also a fan of the, the, web, or the web series or whatever. They drive out to this cabin, which is truly off the grid. It's really it's small it's got a tree growing through it which actually i thought was a cool little really cool i actually thought this this setting is really spooky and cool yeah and if you think about the fact that this is i mean like this isn't a kickstarter indie film so the fact that they got this location like that's a good find i I know probably it was like they knew someone or they knew someone who knew someone or whatever but like they lucked out that's a good that's a good find Mm-hmm. Um, the cabin it itself was... is really creepy and cool, yeah. but then also I loved the the teepee and the the, the like old van. Like it kind of taps into the sort of Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing where you see like all the cars. Yeah. So it's mundane things that become sinister just because they're abandoned. Mm-hmm. I like that. That was yeah. really cool. I thought the setting was actually quite quite spooky and had lots of potential. Yeah, and it was really pretty too. Like the mm-hmm. the views down into the valley and stuff. So you know kudos on set deck or whatever you want to call it location scouting but they get up there and hope is telling them about how they were renting it to some people who just disappeared one day and they owe her parents a bunch of money and she's going through the cabin and and so like i had some problems with how much time we spent on certain scenes and stuff but i Mm -hmm. actually liked this where she's walking in the cabin and showing them like well that's the loft and this is how you do the toilet and Mm -hmm. here's this we had a guy out here who was building, what was it, building parts of the, ca- or something, working out there. He and his girlfriend, and 
they were living in the van and this teepee and stuff. You know, I liked her little tour of yeah. the area. It was really mm-hmm. cool. And it was really, it, and it actually did establish what the setting was so that when we're scrambling back to it in the end, you actually do kind of recognize the layout and like where things are in conjunction mm-hmm. to each other. Uh, but they go to check out this teepee and like, it's just shredded. Like all the, the teepee, like, I don't know what to call the it. Rug. I was about to call it the teepee skin, but that's not what it is. You yeah, know, the, the canvas that goes around the yeah. outside is all shredded and the rug is shredded. And they're talking about like, oh, you know, uh, Mike is really attached to the idea of a mountain lion being out there. And Hope is kind of like, I've never seen a mountain lion, you know, but I guess it's possible. You know, I don't know. Um, they kind of bunk in for their first night. They're doing hot dogs. And this this was kind of where I first started to get a little bit like, okay, let's mm-hmm. move it along. Like, I get it, all the stuff leading up to this, we have to spend time to establish personalities and relationships and, like I said, this sense of normalcy. But then from here on out, it was so much of just sitting yeah. around and listening to these guys talk about themselves that... I actually feel like this part, if we hadn't had all the other parts, would have been better. Because this is the most likable the guys were at, at, at any time in this movie to me. Yeah. But by this time, I'm feeling the time of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready for something else. And I mean, this is where we start to get the something else. But we get so much for that so much of, like, hot dogs and stories. And then inexplicably... Dennis and and Hope have sex by the fire in full light, just like ten <sighs> feet from the cabin, which is this scene made me so angry. I, I hated it so much. Like I, I mean, I already didn't really care for the idea of of a like a romantic whatever blossoming between them on this trip, especially after because it would make Brad right, and you know I didn't want that, but. <sighs> And they weren't even drinking because they hid the the whiskey. And they still, they did it right there in full light, 10 feet from the cabin where they know their two friends are in there. I mean, clearly Derek didn't have a problem with that because he was secretly recording her. Yeah. And everybody just thinks that's hilarious. Isn't that yeah. funny? Isn't that funny how the guy is tricking that girl to be having sex on camera without her consent? And then when she realizes it's on, she's just like... Oh, Derek. Oh, Oh, you. His name is Dennis, by the way. Oh, Dennis. Oh, Dennis. He seemed like a Derek. God damn it. Especially since what came before this was her being like, oh, yeah, if a really good guy had actually asked me out. And he immediately follows it up by trying to record them having sex. And I don't feel like the writers of this get why that's so gross. I think it's meant to be funny. It's meant to be very bros will be bros. But like, it, there's, it was no, there's no like critique you know? about like why this actually makes Dennis a piece of shit. Yeah, it you was know? 2019. Yeah, so I mean we're getting ahead of ourselves, but like <laughs> I have a whole I have a lot of thoughts about this movie in terms of casual misogyny of this movie. Yeah, so it undercuts a lot of other things about this movie that I like. So, but at the end of the day, this is just kind of like a deal killer for me. This scene in particular, the other stuff was really annoying and like just kind of like wow, this is very dated. But when we got to this and that there was, everybody was complicit in this. I was like, if you have any question that it was written by a bunch of dudes, this scene will tell you everything you this need to know. This will answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> and like, aside from all that, even it just, 
I and it made it so much worse in the scenes that followed where all they do is talk about themselves some more and it was just it was yeah. just so much and again I have a theory on why this happened but I'll talk about it at the end okay I'm, um, I'm very intrigued <laughs> it's not that good of a theory it's it's more a technical theory but anyway so that ends everybody's in the cabin sleeping when they hear the scream and it wakes everybody up mm-hmm. and you know they decide in 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 just the smartest fashion ever they're like we're gonna go check it out and brooke is brooke dang it hope <laughs> Der- apparently we watched the movie with derek and, and brooke, <laughs> brooke. <laughs> Oh my god! Did we, fanfic. <laughs> did we walk through the dark spot? Did we watch it in a universe where it was? Oh my god! Derek? We're having a coherent situation here. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> anyway, so they the guys go out, you know, grab cameras and decide to go out and check it out. And Hope is like, you know, they're like, "Oh, are you coming?" And she doesn't, you know. I, here's the thing: is that I would not have gone. I 100% would have stayed in that cabin because of course you do not go and investigate a sound like that. In the dark. But this is also where we get our first glimpses of the monster. And I'm going to be honest with you. Chills. Honestly chilling. Yeah. When we get that shot of her yep. up on the on the hill. Mm-hmm. Like doing her stutter walk. Oh my god. Honestly. So chilling. Mm-hmm. And then when it's over. When they, they go up there and they don't see anything. They go back to the cabin. And then we get like the little bit of her like hair fuzz in front yeah. of the lens. Oh, yeah. I like that. The little, that shit the was little scary. touches of seeing her actually is pretty effective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Like I actually just got full body goosebumps thinking about it again. That <laughs> shit was scary. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's really good. It monster. was real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was also, I don't know. I thought it was a really good way to introduce actually the, like the first visuals of the monster, like seeing her full bodied but distant and kind of blurry. Mm-hmm. But because instead of like, cause you know, a lot of the times when they introduce the monster, you just see parts from yeah. the, for a long time mm-hmm. and then you get the full reveal. And we do kind of get that to some extent, but the fact that the very, very first time we see her, it's full bodied. And it's when he, when Dennis is handing the camera to Mike or Brad, whoever, so that he can put a coat on or whatever. And they're just holding the camera kind of at waist level. They're not looking through it. So they're not seeing what the camera's seeing. And so the fact that she's potentially visible, but nobody's noticed her is so scary. Mm-hmm. But the thing that bothers me about it is they pull that maneuver two more times and she's not in the screen. And yet we still go to the screen as if she's in the screen. You know, like the part yeah. where Hope is breaking down and Mike hugs her after Dennis is killed. And yeah. he's holding the camera just at waist level. And we go back to it's it's you know the camera view twice and there's nothing in it such a wasted opportunity that they didn't pop her in there you know or like even just an eye shine Mm -hmm. is something and there were a few other moments where like um when hope gets her scalp ripped off Mm -hmm. they left the whole right third of the frame empty and i was like oh it's going to show up in that or it's going to be standing there you know like off in the distance but in that space right and it wasn't and i just it just seemed like such a great opportunity that was wasted you know right. mm-hmm. but these first two little bits of seeing the wendigo are not Solid. wasted super creepy yeah. super fucking scary yeah into it so the next morning they get up and they had their plan all along was after the first night in this cabin was to hike out like two miles and then spend i don't know several days camping in the woods and snare trapping things mm-hmm. which makes me really uncomfortable because snare traps do not 100 percent kill immediately no and i don't support that like i understand hunting trapping and in some places it's a necessity you know i watch the alaskan reality shows and i know that there are times when you have to kill 
animals for food, but hunt and trap so that the animal dies as fast as possible because there's no need for it to suffer or whatever. And snare right. traps just aren't 100% effective. And they even say it when they're talking about it in the video, you know, when they're filming a bit for their webisode where he's like, and hopefully it'll snap its neck. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And if it doesn't, you have a, a, like a strangling, suffocating, suffering rabbit that you're going to have to dispatch Ugh. with your hands. Gross. So I just, I'm not 100%. You know, I'm not supportive of the snare traps. Yeah, you've you know? convinced me. I am anti-snare trap. I'm putting that is my platform. I'm running on today. You know, no more like, snare traps. It's yeah. So <laughs> their but their whole goal is to set snare traps and slowly strangle something to death. But they they hike up. We spent way too much time hiking, in my opinion. Way too much time just following Hope up this mountain, staring at her butt. I did actually like the little scene they have at the top of the hill when they're taking a break and the, and Hope is just overcome with bugs and everybody's just like, why are we doing this? <laughs> that's the realest scene from, that's me like two minutes into a hike. Like, why are there so many fucking bugs? <laughs> I know. And it was like all of them were like swatting away at bugs and talking about like, hey, you know how whenever we do this, we're always like, yeah, let's do it. And then we're doing it and we're like, why the fuck am I doing this? And I was like, yes. yeah. Finally, that's... someone says the truth. Hiking like, sucks. I am finally relating to each and every one of you right now. <laughs> and then when he's like, oh, we need to find a flat spot for camp. And he's like, I think we should go downhill. And Dennis is like, as soon as you said downhill, I got so fucking happy. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I kind of almost feel like that was, the, was, they were not acting. Like that was just the footage <laughs> they were taking. Uh, so yeah, so I actually really liked that little scene yeah. of everybody just being kind of miserable and being like, this seemed like such a good idea three hours ago. Yeah. This also was very strange, but when I was younger, we used to do a lot more hiking, like, as a family. And, like, as I've gotten older, I found, you know, depending on where you live, people's idea of hiking is different. Yeah. When I moved to the Bay Area, people were like, let's go for a hike. And it would be, like, a flat paved path that mm -hmm. went alongside a park. And I was like, this is not hike. This is walk. <laughs> and someone once asked me, like, well, what would you call a hike? I'm like, I don't know. It wouldn't be paved. It doesn't necessarily need to be, like, <laughs> up an unscalable hillside, but, like, you know. Some elevation. It's not, like, a gentle walk beside a landscaped park. You know, that's yeah. that's a walk. That's a walk through a park. <laughs> you can't elevate it to the status of hike. Listen to and you hike shaming. Look at you. I know, but watching them hike, I actually, like, had, like, nostalgic memories of the smell of dry grass. Oh. Like, is that, like, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, I do know what you mean, yeah. That that kind of like out in the actual nature hike and then i thought about how hot i would be if i was out there and it's like oh never mind i'm good <laughs> so you basically went on the journey that they described like yeah this seems I like a great a idea moment. no this is terrible why do you, i actually why had do a I moment where this? i was i was with them i was alongside with him i was like yeah that dry grass smell i do miss that smell and i did like that little scene at the top of the hill there's also the, this whole story about hope's brother falling off a cliff that i thought was going to be significant later oh yeah it is not yeah a lot of things were mentioned that weren't significant no and several things could have been mentioned up. that would have been but uh yeah. anyway so they go downhill they set up camp and i i do like the idea of including those little moments of them trying to shoot the little intro to the snare trap and having yeah. to redo it a couple times because they kept you know messing it up or whatever because mm -hmm. it does remind you like oh that's right they are here to do this show yeah. and um i did actually like the first time he does a snare trap and it just completely fails <laughs> i thought that was funny <laughs> and i just i like and i know it was daylight 
But I thought maybe this, maybe they're going to take a chance. And I was spending the whole time scanning the background to be like, is she standing back there? Or are we going to see something creepy in the background that they're not noticing because they're so focused on yeah. straight sticks? There wasn't. It Aww. was just like 20 minutes of them trying to make this snare trap. And, <laughs> and then it ends with, oh, they, they talk about how they're going to go to sleep and then they're going to get up in the middle of the night to check the snare trap because if they catch anything, they don't want it to be stolen by a predator in the night. They go to bed. They set up that, that camera that can see more in the dark than the human eye. Uh, they get up. They check the snare trap. And they did catch something, but all that's left is, like, blood and bits. So they're like, oh, it was stolen. That's a bummer. Well, we're going to try to Probably a mountain it. lion. We think there's a mountain lion. We think there's a mountain lion. So what we did was walk off into the darkness, which is both the mountain lion's territory and its, its ideal time of day. Right. So while they're out, they hear the scream. Or, like, sounds. And so Mike is doing the get big and be loud mm-hmm. thing. They kind of think it works, but it doesn't. And Dennis gets murdered. I was not expecting that. So I have mixed feelings about this part. I appreciated that, like, I thought for sure we were going to get down to Dennis and Hope. Oh, yeah. As our final two. So that unexpected nature of that kill, I thought was great. Yeah, same. My issue with it is around the edit of the of the kill. I don't know if you notice this as well. I understand this is a low budget film and like if you have a special effect, like you need to get that shot on camera. I totally get it. But there is a clear edit there where they go and like you're just facing the guy like exactly framed, exactly how he needs to be framed in order to yeah. get the footage of this this special effect. And it was one of the few moments where I, like, I could feel that it was not just a found footage movie. I thought they did a good job of never sort of breaking with the idea of it was found footage. It, it, it felt very immersive. And, mm-hmm. and so when all of a sudden we had like a traditional shot like that, it was very jarring. Yeah. Okay. So I couldn't put my finger on why that shot in particular felt incongruent with the rest of the film, but that's exactly what it is. You're right. Like, yeah, yeah. I agree with both those things. I did not expect Dennis to be the first to go. And also I wasn't sure why that shot threw me so much, but it did, Mm -hmm. but that makes sense. Yeah. So Dennis gets murdered. We have kind of a scramble back to camp with, you know, a lot of discussion of we have to go back and he's dead and then we're all going to die. And and the woman has there. a weak emotional moment that they have to stop and like, attend to her emotions uh, while while giving each other very knowing looks over her shoulder about like, oh, women like we got to We got we got to let her sit down and get her woman feelings out. Ugh, and the whole time I'm watching this movie being like, you get up and you run. Like you, you bottle those feelings up deep inside and you release them when you are safe in the daylight and away from this place. Yep. Like if this is the thing about apocalypse tribes that I will have no patience for Mm -hmm. is you have to be able to compartmentalize like a son of a bitch if you're going to run in my tribe, because (laughs) I will leave you. (laughs) I will leave you crying on that tree stump. Yep. Because you do not have the stamina, the emotional stamina. I get mm-hmm. it. Have feelings. We all have feelings, but like you gotta have Feel a sense in of the urgency. Cabin. Feel them in the cabin. Time and a place, my friend. Which, by the way, can I just say that ultimately they get her killed. She doesn't get them killed. They get her killed. Yeah, 
Because they're almost to the cabin and they're like, no, stop. It could be waiting for us there. If they had kept going oh to the cabin, God. they probably would have survived. But no. So she gets her head ripped off, which actually was really cool. Yeah, that was a cool I, one. It was my favorite special effect in the movie. It they, was like, really ripped good. ripped the top of her head off and her brain came out. But they're the ones that got her killed. I know. Yeah. Well, and this was also the moment when we get the second. I'm just idly holding the camera while it's running and we're going to look at what the viewfinder is seeing into the dark woods and there's there's nothing there to see, you know, yeah. and it's like such a wasted moment. If we had gotten just a few more visuals of it actually stalking them, it would have been so much scarier because then it would have been like, well, it's not just running in their claws blazing and killing everyone like it's playing with them mm-hmm. and that's scary. Yeah, like a cat and mouse thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then we also get my my other big qualm with this movie is after all that talk about that camera and they're like we got to turn the lights out and i was like oh yeah now we're gonna do night vision on the camera and so we just got blank screen for like two minutes (laughs) you have the technology (laughs) and then i realized it's because that camera was the one that was set up back at camp so they make it back to camp and all their shit's ruined and i was like so you have the one camera that can see more than the human eye in the darkness and you left it stationary at your camp yeah. Pointed at your tents. They said that they were going to use that camera at night to see if they could catch wildlife, and they pointed it at their tents. Yeah. What did they think they were going to catch? Um, a sex tape. Sex! Creeps. Goddamn. So that was super frustrating. I'm with you on that. And, like, I mean, I obviously was not a part of this production, so I don't know. Maybe there was an extenuating circumstance that they, met, that they either had different plans that they weren't able to include, or maybe something was cut, or maybe because of you know funds and availability of things maybe they had to shoot things differently than what they originally wanted to do or something i don't know maybe there was an extenuating like technical circumstance but given the information that i have which is the fact that i just watched the movie Mm -hmm. it just seemed like there was a lot of wasted opportunities yeah for some really scary moments because like i said the first two times that we see her legitimately scary yes super scary Mm -hmm. and it just it didn't deliver anything really that effective i mean there are a few moments that were honestly really scary after that but not as creepy yeah not and i mean maybe it's because you're a little desensitized because you've already seen her several times but yeah. i don't know anyway there's a good jump scare i will give it that like yeah. there's one good final jump scare i was there like oh, okay well there we <laughs> go then yep they make it back within sight of the cabin and they're like oh yeah and then matt fucking out of nowhere is like oh it's probably waiting for us at the cabin and it's like so the better option is to lie down here (laughs) uh i think at that point had i been present i'd be like okay well you sit here then i'm gonna go be in the cabin we'll see who works out right uh so they decide to flop down and because that's apparently the better choice and Hope gets her scalp ripped off, and I agree with Which you. Which is dope. It was dope. It was a <laughs> dope special effect. That yeah. was really cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Especially how the monster attacks her by like stepping on her back like that and yeah. pulling her hair. Out. Like, oh yeah, I thought that was super cool. Yep, agree. But that inspires the boys to run to the cabin, and Mike makes it to the old van and inexplicably does not stay there. So they both manage to make it to the cabin and. Mike makes it in. They shut off the light, and, like, four minutes later, he, like, put, turns it back on because they just haven't heard her in a while. <laughs> it's like, right? no, no, no. no you no, leave no. all lights off until the sun comes up. Mm-mm. But it does lead to 
just one of the creepiest moments yeah. in the movie. The one of the <laughs> honestly scariest fucking moments in this movie is when she finally like makes it into the cabin and he turns the camera and she's just standing there. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> With her big old fucking antlers. Like, Ugh. I will say, her silhouette is so spooky. I love it. With the antlers and, like, like the mossy fur like and the stuff. lichen growing out of her yeah. body. Ugh. That is cool. That is very cool. Oh, I just got full body chills again. That monster design is really great. Yeah. And, oh, and the way they made her move. Yeah. Know, oh, legitimately mm-hmm. so scary. Yeah. That was great. Like, and the, the idea that they're trapped in the cabin... Mm-hmm. that's creepy i lo- i appreciate that uh but so she kills brad in uh-huh. the cabins and eventually kills mike out in the woods qualms about mike's death scene i don't know it just seemed really it was goofy yeah yeah it was definitely goofy Sorry. And, but, yeah i know the crawl towards the camera that she did was creepy yeah i did like that mm-hmm. and then it ends, and so like, at this point, I, I was really like, like the little stinger at the end here. Yep, yep. Um, so it it ends, and I was like, oh, so we're not going to get an explanation about how this, how we're seeing this footage. That sucks. But then we do, and it's park rangers who are picking up the cameras, and they're just like, oh, what's on this one? And he's like, oh, you know what's on this one, and then we kind of see a blood spot, and then he's like, all right archive the footage and put it away and while that i guess it's not technically an explanation as to how we're seeing it the fact that it's implied that these like park rangers know Mm -hmm. about her and are like keeping her secret and letting her eat people oh that was good yeah yeah that was unexpected and yeah yeah i liked it yeah and even though, like I said, it doesn't fully explain how we as an audience are seeing it, I don't care. Like, it or was, who it was edited a... it together. Like, yeah. that's, that, that's one of the things you just got to wave the hand. Yeah. You know, with the found you know? footage, you just, you got to go with it. Some things you just got to accept. Yep. I thought that was a cool, a cool little ending. I liked it. Mm-hmm. It made me, for the first time, curious about the mythology around it. Ooh, there's more to this story. It, it See, that's this one weird of my... universe building for me. This That was one of my things about it. Was that, and this is so funny because normally when we get a monster movie, you're all about like, oh, I wanted the lore and the myth. And I'm like, eh, I'm okay with sometimes the monsters just existing for no reason. Because I think that's scary too, to think about the idea that sometimes like evil things don't have an origin or a purpose mm-hmm. or a motivation. They just are, you know? But this one, I actually needed that yeah. a little bit. Like, especially since they start with that title card about, yeah. you know, so many people disappear in the woods. Some of them are found and don't know what happened to them. And some of them are found dead in weird places and some of them are never found. And I was like, okay, so, you know, in, the, in my head, again, like, I don't know what the budgetary restrictions on this was, but it feels like if you're going to start out with that title card, you need to follow it up. And and I, I am trying to acknowledge the fact that it would be difficult to do that without one of those really annoying, like, information dumps. Mm-hmm. You know, I could just see it where they're at some cafe in the nearest town being like, oh, I just talked to this bookstore keeper who said that there's a legend of and this people wander into town and they don't know what ha-, You know, like, I understand that it could have been really clumsy and uncomfortable, but it just not to ever mention that at all. Yeah. After it's how you open the movie. Yeah. You know, it's like you got to pick a lane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about, um, have you ever seen Willow Creek? No, but you were telling me about it because you and it's Randy went there, didn't you? It's very similar. Yes. Because it's like a documentary 
similar to this where now granted in that case they're actually looking for a cryptid right Mm -hmm. whereas this is supposed to be a survivalist movie instead of like looking for a monster but they do like interviews with the locals and you get a ton of bigfoot lore just from these interviews and i feel like maybe they could have at the gas station that we had to stop and get the alcohol at you know what i mean like there were well, opportunities where they could have like met some old timer who could be like oh people disappear on that mountain and maybe trying to scare them a little bit but it'll give you a little exposition yeah i think the like spookiest thing about this movie is the name i actually think the name is great yeah she the walks the really woods good. it's it's creepy like, it gives you almost like a dark fairy tale vibe um yeah i don't know all right let me start with things i liked let's see i went into this movie with very very low expectations extremely low expectations and though you know like ultimately i thought it was kind of a mixed bag which we've talked about a little bit in some ways it was better than i expected i agree Particularly around, like, the performances in the first two-thirds. Like, I have some issues, like you said, about, like, peeing things over and over again. But the performances themselves were, like, very naturalistic. And it seemed like there was genuine chemistry between the actors. So when I read that they actually were twin brothers, I was like, okay, this this lends itself to them just being very comfortable kind of bantering with each other. A lot of times with these found footage movies, when they're especially when they're setting up the characters, that will pull you right out of it because like it doesn't feel like people are not talking like they normally talk to each other. Right. And I think in this case, they do a good job of that. And I thought even the the non-twins, Vivian Eldridge and Jason Potters were the other actors that played Hope and Dennis. Thank you. I thought their performances were really good, too. Yeah, same. I thought that they were really realistic and they actually seemed like people who were hanging out together and camping, you know? Definitely. We've already talked a little bit about the sound design. I thought that was really great with the Wendigo scream. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would not leave that cabin. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And Um, I would tap out of the camping the following night. I'd be like, you know what? (laughs) Bye-bye. Heard something weird. I will let the park rangers know if I don't see you in 72 hours. Bye. Bye. Exactly. And the way that we're restrained in the way that they just showed us little bits and pieces of her and the way that she moved was very creepy. The monster oh, herself so was creepy. pretty, pretty great. Yeah. I love a good monster. I love a monster I haven't seen before. And there was things and elements of, of her that I had not seen. And that's always really exciting to me. So I liked that a lot. Yeah. And I, and I do think that you can sense that this is a passion project. There's a lot of love that went into this movie. When I can see that, I always find some charm to that. And I like, I applaud that because making movies is not easy, but I do need to talk about my criticisms. <laughs> right. Right. And I mean, and I do recognize they made a movie and it is better than some movies I've seen that had, you know, four times the budget. Yes. They yep. did a lot with what they had. But yep. so my theory on why, why so much time, I mean, we spent 50 minutes of the hour and 20 or whatever. Yeah. It was like 81 minutes. Yeah. Just watching these people talk about themselves and then we get some horror. So my theory is that they just didn't have enough footage. Mm. So they were filling it out to hit a runtime. And I get that because it is super, super hard to go into, we're making a feature film, we're making a feature film, and then to get done and realize you don't have enough footage to fill out a feature film. And it is super heartbreaking to make that decision of, okay, this is no longer a feature film, it's a long short. But I think that sometimes it comes at the sacrifice of the actual film, right? Because we have now 50 of 80 minutes of just people walking around and talking about themselves. And then we get 30 minutes of horror, even though it's a heartbreaking decision, sometimes, you know, for the betterment of the movie, 
maybe it is a long short and you can't market it as a as a feature film you know i just i guess i feel like it maybe would have been tighter if the ratio was better between non-horror and horror moments Mm -hmm. i i think i i could understand what was happening here you know but at some you know sometimes it is like a kill your darling situation when i uh was graduating film school and i had to make my senior film i wrote all of this dialogue right and i was so into it and it was like my darling i loved it i slaved over this i shot it i cut it together myself i was watching it. i was like something's not working i don't know what it is i cut out 90 percent of that dialogue Oof. i loved that fucking dialogue Oof. but it turned out that visually it was a lot stronger without it yeah so and i it it's hard hurt. yeah it hurt like so this is why i say these things i'm not trying to be callous about it i understand how much it fucking hurts to cut out the stuff that you work that hard on yeah. it still hurts i still think about all that dialogue <laughs> that i spent days on like weeks on just refining and then coaching delivery for my actors and like you know and just oh it meant so much to me and when i made that realization where i was like I have to cut almost all of this out. And like, I mean, and it was kind of for a good reason because I the the DP I hired was so good that it visually was so much stronger without all of this stuff I had But you're a writer, so like And I'm a writer. And to make my senior film cut out like 80 to 90% of my writing because it just worked better visually and with like more sparse dialogue. And it did. It worked so much better in the end, but I remember watching it being like, there's so much I left... I cut out that, yeah. like, it just, you know, it hurt. It still hurts. But (laughs) But the the lesson is. (laughs) In the end, it made a more quality film. So sometimes you just have to make those really hard decisions. And it's it's hard to even see at times when Mm -hmm. that is the decision you have to make. All of that really long. I need to open my my next white claw, by the way. (laughs) Kershink. So all of that might be just like an alcohol fueled. I understand. Like yeah. I get it. I yeah. also think that some hard decisions should have been made here, but I understand yeah. they are hard decisions to make. Yeah. Less hard would be if they could not be fucking creeps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not have their that, characters though. be creeps. It reinforces this idea that core audiences are primarily men. And that's just factually inaccurate. And I feel like, you know, these guys actually have some talent. You can't just insult and treat the half of your audience like shit and expect them to be excited to follow your progress of your career. You need to get some women voices included when you're writing your next films. Like, yeah. Yeah, and like, and I don't know if this was accidental or if it was purposeful, but the fact that like a hundred percent of the hiking up the hill footage is Hope's butt. Yeah. I mean, you know? I don't think it's a coincidence. Like, I think it's a culture that like you get this kind of writing and that kind of the, like the whole character even though she, the actor herself like is pretty charming and charismatic and like the early stuff she's she's really good in this like you can tell that they don't give a shit about that character yeah and that sucks <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah i wouldn't probably not recommend this <laughs> even though there are good that. things about it i i i don't know that i could recommend like especially not to my girlfriends yeah. Or to my guy friends. Like, I, I just think there's some, like, pretty gross stuff in this movie. Yeah. And even just on the, the quality of it being a horror film, like I said, there were, like, three moments in this movie that were legitimately fucking scary. Yeah. And, like, really chilling. Yeah. And the sound that she makes, that scream sound mm-hmm. that doesn't quite sound human, but kind of sounds, like, legitimately scary. Yeah. But for me, on the horror movie front... 
as I mentioned before, the ratio is just off. Yeah. It honestly wasn't as bad as I thought it was Absolutely be. not. Absolutely. I'm that's, not. That's I don't why it's regret. Annoying. That's why it's I don't annoying. regret watching it at yeah. all. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, if you were going to watch this again, what adult beverage would you pair with it? I think just straight Jaeger. <laughs> Is it because of the antler thing on the front of the label? And the bros. And the bros. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. So we don't have any feedback this time, which is fine. Uh, doesn't hurt my feelings at all. <clears throat> uh, but if people do want to send us some feedback, which would be... We miss you. We miss you. Um, you can email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com or you can hit us up on our Facebook page. And if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. All we have left is to pick our movie for the next episode. And it's my turn, and I wasn't sure what to pick, but after seeing the female character get treated like crap for this whole movie, I decided I needed a movie about a badass survivor girl. So I picked a little movie called Sweetheart. Have you seen this? Ooh, no, I haven't. Okay, it's on Netflix, and here's the description from Netflix. A woman shipwrecked on a remote island discovers she's not alone and begins to fight for survival against deadly presence that emerges each night. Yeah. Are you into it? Yes, I love me a shipwreck. Yeah. Okay, so that's it. Everybody playing at home. This is one that you are gonna wanna watch. Do not let us spoil it for you. Check out Sweetheart. Come back in two weeks. We're gonna we're gonna review the crap out of it. All right, Mars, do me a solid and take us out. I'm sorry if we crushed some dreams and some love tonight, but uh good job making a movie. <laughs> right that agreed, concur completely. Bye, everybody. Bye. They, and I mean, it was only like, it was like, were like worms that glue, glue, glowed. (laughs) Glue, glowed. Glow worms. I'm just not even going to try the past tense. Worms that currently glow. Uh Uh-huh. So in case anybody's wondering, since they can't see me, who I actually am, I'm just seven squirrels in a sweater. <laughs> I'm going to just put that in the outtakes, like no context. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, so what? someone just dropped a package on my porch and scared the shit out of me. <laughs> oh my God. Hold on a second. Are you about to get murdered? Sounds like you're getting passively murdered. Okay, sorry. Sorry about that. That's okay. I'm just glad you didn't get murdered. That scared the shit out of me. (laughs) And then we pounded on the door. I was like, ah! And in a creepy pattern, too. Like, it sounded very The Strangers. You think when someone knocks like that, they're either going to murder you or they know you. Yeah, right. (laughs) And I knew they didn't know me, so I was like, definitely murder. (laughs) 